0: Garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal. Or just eat it all the time without even stopping. You'd get fat. (laughs) Why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat?
1: (laughs) I gotta pee on her. Uh, I mean, I gotta pee. Pee time.
0: (laughs) Oh, sweet. Coins.
1: (laughs) Hey, so, can this not be a one-night stand? For one thing, I didn't get any. That was a joke.
0: You know what really sucks, though? Everything.
1: <laughs> when I'm around you, I kind of feel like I'm on drugs. Not that I do drugs. Unless you do drugs. In which case, I do all of them. All the time.
0: All of them. <sighs> Alright, guys. It's time to get a life. Take down the evil exes. We may not be sex bomb but Brooker and Levi have earned the power of film on the rocks. <laughs> That's thank fun. you, thank you. That's fun. Very, 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 very pleased with that one. <sighs> Welcome, everybody, to Film on the Rocks. I'm Levi, and I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy, Brooker. Brooker, how are you, sir? Doing pretty good, and um, I'm here to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I know, dude. I am so I am so excited. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while. This movie is very, very unique, and uh, I was even more excited by it because you said that you had not seen it before, and this is your first time.
1: Right. Yeah, this is my first time seeing it.
0: I cannot wait to get all, (laughs) every inch of your reaction uh, just... Just to get a taste of it, are 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 we gonna get super positive uh, reactions from you, or mixed bag, or? Uh, I'm,
1: I'm probably going to offend some people. I <laughs>
0: oh no! How I've already, dare you?
1: I've already kind of made some people confused on Twitter when I tweeted out my initial impression of this movie.
0: I cannot wait to hear it. I haven't. I am not on Twitter as much as you are, so I'm excited to see what you said. This will be a, a fresh take for me as well. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, a uh, 2010 film uh, based on the comic by Brian Lee O'Malley, directed by Edgar Wright. This movie stars a very, very uh, interesting cast of characters, very vast cast of characters, uh, including actors and actresses Michael Cera, Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Winstead, excuse me. Uh, we have a whole whole group of people. The list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, very very unique people from all walks of life. I'm sure many of you will recognize many of the faces on this on uh, in this movie. Um, this movie had an overall budget of $85 million and made a measly $48 million at the box office. So this movie was I'm a surprised. smashing failure. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah, you would think just based on the appearance of the movie itself, it looks like it's supposed. it would have been a very, very popular movie when it came out, but it was not. But it has become a relative cult classic. In fact... It is celebrating its 10-year anniversary this year, and it will be coming back to theaters for a short period of time, which I'm very excited about. I Saw can that. almost guarantee you that I will be seeing it in theaters because I never got to see this in theaters when it came out. Did not get to show it support. Uh, this movie is uh, a little bit about the director, Edgar Wright. Um, you might know him from movies like the, the this trilogy of World's End, Hot Fuzz, and Shaun of the Dead. Uh, have you seen those movies, Brooker?
1: Yes, yes, those are great. I haven't seen World's End, but I've seen Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and those are two very funny movies.
0: Those movies are a time and I did not realize this Edgar Wright also directed Baby Driver.
1: I've been that's been on my radar. That's that's a movie I've definitely been wanting to see. You haven't seen Baby Driver yet? I'm so bad about seeing new movies, but I that's one that I definitely want to see.
0: Oh my gosh, broker. I cannot I I won't gush too much cuz this is about Scott Pilgrim. Baby Driver <laughs> is one of the it, one of the best films of the decade, the past decade, for sure. Uh, it might be the movie of the decade in my opinion. It was so so good. And one thing that this that Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver shared is this kind of unique incorporation of music and kind of how the movie flows with the soundtrack, mm-hmm. which is very, very fun. You see a lot of the strikes and the movements and the steps kind of work with the beat of, of the soundtrack. Um, but Edgar Wright was actually asked, or rather approached uh, about this film back in 2004, and he was really, really sought after, um, and he uh, uh, did not initially say yes, but after a lot of persistent asking and, and prodding, he was finally able to, to make it happen and direct this film. Uh, this film, overall, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, was received a rating of eighty-two percent with an audience score of eighty-four. I feel like that's pretty fair. I don't know if I would change that too much. It's not a perfect movie. the The storyline, in and of itself, is can feel a little rushed sometimes or feel a little slow sometimes, mm-hmm. kind of back and forth. But just visually amazing, and it's very the story itself is very unique. Uh, Absolutely. And it, it's hard sometimes, too, because this is based off of a, like I said, a comic book by Brian Lee O'Malley. And uh, he actually, <laughs> funny enough, got a very, very brief uh, cameo at the... Oh, uh, yep, yeah, he and his wife both made a cameo at uh, the the stage Lee's Place, which is where the first ex, uh, Matthew Patel, is fought, that first kind of initial, uh, Mm. interaction. Uh, I could not for the life of me find him in, he's somewhere in there. (laughs) All I just know is he's somewhere in there and I tried to find him and I couldn't find him. So that's, uh, that's, that's what I get. Um, but it's, the, the movie is unique on a lot of respects. Um, before I uh, just start throwing up more information about this movie, Brooker, I want to know, your initial thoughts what did you what What did you think of this movie i know you kind of went in and i m- might have hyped yeah. your expectations up a little bit what 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 did what was your initial take of this film
1: okay so <laughs> before i say anything yeah and just make possibly make people angry i just want to let everyone know it's totally okay to like a movie and it's totally okay to not like a movie i'm stealing the famous words of eric siska it's okay to like or not like a movie and just because you like it doesn't mean I think you're a bad person or anything. But so I'm kind of torn on this movie. Okay. So overall, it's I I think visually the effects are really good and it's very impressive. And it hold you know this movie's ten years old, all the effects and everything holds up incredibly well. Mm-hmm. The world that they built here, this in universe video game world, it's they did a really good job with it and I think that's that plays into the pacing that you said because mm-hmm. to me like yes this movie is very rushed and it's just going like a hundred miles an hour but to me I was like oh well, this is a video game and this is kind of like what it's like whenever you play a video game and you're just like tapping a to get through all the dialogue between the characters It's like next thing next thing next thing next thing yeah. so that's kind of what I felt like this was um, and this movie is hilarious Like I was laughing throughout the whole time The jokes were landing It was well written And well done The production value is incredible
0: mm-hmm.
1: The thing I'm stuck on Is I really don't like Scott Pilgrim Yeah, I really hate the character That they wrote mm-hmm. And uh, He has a very little arc He's He's tries He's i mean he's a fuckboy he's a, a douchebag douche yeah. and we don't see we really don't see any growth mm-hmm. and the i felt like so you know in from things that i've read in the gamer community sexism is a very it, it, it's very rapid or i'm sorry it's very rampant mm-hmm. in the gamer community and yeah. you know a point where even some female twitchers get like rape threats all the time oh, yeah. and of course there's the whole game developers how they design women in games is kind of sexist and mm-hmm. i felt like that this was just feeling that i didn't really mm-hmm. see how because scott pilgrim is he doesn't treat women very He doesn't treat women very well. I mean, he's bragging about dating a high schooler. You know, Mm. he's 22. And he has no arc. And there's also no real repercussions for any of his actions. Yeah. So I didn't really get what the message of this movie was. And we could talk about that a little bit later on. But that's where I'm stuck on. Is that this guy has very little arc. And he doesn't really face any sort of consequences or Mm. he doesn't really look himself in the mirror and go i need to be different Mm. at least i didn't get that maybe you can convince me otherwise but that's kind of like where i'm at on on this
0: no i i'm not i'm honestly not going to convince you otherwise because i agree with you in uh in a sense um scott pilgrim at least when i watch this movie is not supposed to be your classic hero of he is our he is our kind of our white knight. He's the one that we're supposed to follow. He's the one that we're supposed to kind of hang our hat on as far as the center of morality. Scott Pilgrim is is a, not as not a very nice guy. He is dating a high schooler. He's twenty. Uh, what is he? Twenty four years old, and twenty two or twenty two twenty two years old. He's dating a seventeen year old, which is illegal. Um, he mm-hmm. and then he cheats on her with someone his own age and doesn't tell anybody. And it's, it's this whole kind of, he's not supposed to be this good person. And I'm got, I'm, kind, I'm glad you and I are on the same page. I've got a uh, a big question that I'm saving for the end just to kind of, you know, on, on that kind of track a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with you. I don't think that he is a, he's not supposed to be a kind, um, I don't, I even, if he's supposed to be someone you can sympathize after, I, I guess I can, I, they didn't do a very good <laughs> job at it. Um, but yet, yeah, but it's y- like, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to, no, it's, no, it's like, I get like, like characters are allowed to be flawed
1: sure. and they're allowed to, and it's more realistic if they have their yeah. own issues and their own things they need to get over. But I don't know with him, it just felt. Maybe my own bias is coming in because I just don't like Michael Sarah too much. Sure, yeah. but right. <laughs> Yeah, he's, but, yeah, he's um, not
0: supposed to be someone I think that is super redeemable other than the fact that he's 22, but he acts like he's a, like a child, like he's a child. But there is this level, I would agree with you, this kind of fast-pacedness where it's kind of supposed to be this – it's supposed to be like a video game. It is a video game, and there I mean, how many video games do you play where at the end you're like, I wonder what the moral of the story is, you know? It's just like you play a character, you take down the enemies, you win, which is not what I'm – I'm not justifying his actions, obviously. I agree with you, and I'm glad that you brought it up, kind of this, um, this underlying kind of sexist culture in kind of the video game, particularly kind of the professional hardcore video game community. Uh, against mm-hmm. women specifically, um, that's that's very real. Um, I I and but I don't think we're we're supposed to look at Scott Pilgrim as oh he's he's what I want to be like because he's a wet blanket and he has no confidence and he has no not until the end like you kind of see this cliche of Scott Pilgrim earns the power of love and he gets this sword and he loses, and then at at the very very end of the film he only wins when he gains self respect for himself. Um, Mm. Which
1: it's kind of like you have to respect yourself before you respect other people, I guess, or learn to respect yourself before you can learn to respect
0: others. Kind of, and that it kind of that kind of dives into what I think the moral is, which I you know we're diving deep, 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 deep real fast, and I'll I'll, I'll save that for the end. <laughs> hold on to all of those thoughts because I want to hold them until okay. the end. But yes, you, I'm glad we're kind of on the the same pathway. Um, and again, this movie is hilarious. Like yes. I think, like like that's the only thing I'm really stuck on. Yes.
1: And again, we'll talk about it towards the end, but otherwise this movie is great and it's
0: really funny and it's very well done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, you touched on the whole video game part of it, which I think is very, very huge. It's a big, obviously a big part of it because the, you know, the, the, the point total above everybody he defeats, the coins that fall out if he, if he kills someone, you literally start the movie with the, I believe it's the Ocarina uh, sound the sound when the with I think from Ocarina of Time it's it's from Zelda the and when he opens the door uh, and uh, Knives is waiting for him it's the sound of uh, when Zelda gets a new weapon that or uh, excuse me when Link gets a new weapon that do 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 it's in the background <laughs> whenever you know Knives comes over um, their song their the first song they play for Sex Babam which Babam is the name of the bomb in Mario. Like the sex, bo- oh. they're, it's, they're called Bob, Bob-Oms, or Bob-Oms is how I always pronounced it.
1: There's so much I don't know. I'm learning so they're, much right now just listening to you. This is great. These are all <laughs> things. I didn't
0: look these up. I just noticed them when I, because I've seen this movie more than once. Uh, their their song title is called Launchpad McQuack, which is the the pilot for Scrooge McDuck. Um, they oh. I, It's just all of these, like... All of these are within the first like three minutes of all of these references to video games or pop culture, or whatever. You see, he wears like Guitar Hero T-shirts or or whatever. Like he's, it's just this big kind of pop culture reference of a movie, which makes it so much fun. The the, the scene when he goes into his his dorm room and uh, you hear the like the the bass from Seinfeld, like boom, and he walks in and he laughs. That was such a funny part. I love that. And it's it's all just so it's so goofy and it's so pop culture and it's so kind of in the, in our own minds. It's so much fun. But yeah, I I think Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be this mix of uh, the hero's journey in a video game, but it isn't a faceless hero you're starting with. You're kind of starting with this kid who the first thing you know about him is he's 20 years, 22 years old and everybody in his band is like, I cannot believe you're dating a high schooler. You scumbag. And he was like, Oh, well, you know, we have fun and we haven't, you know, done anything (laughs) yet, but you know, that's just me. I'm dating a high schooler. And they're like, okay um anyway the band so yeah they they don't really respect him very much either uh but before again uh i don't want to dive too deep into it because i want to talk about the 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 yeah. meaning and everything kind of near the end uh i would love to just uh jump in to the drinking rules because there's a, a a big conversation i want to have with you at the end um what were your drinking rules for this movie?
1: Okay, so I actually had a lot of fun with making up the drinking rules for this. Oh, good. Because uh, I felt like there, there was a lot of things that kind of happened. And it was kind of hard for me to just keep it to just, to just five. Mm. So we'll see which five I pick. But um, the first one I had, which really jumped out to me uh, in the beginning of the movie, was every time Knives geeks out about, about the band. You know, she's mm. she's so she's that very supportive girlfriend he's like oh my god you guys are amazing like yeah. you're gonna like melt people's faces um <laughs> but I also wonder if it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek because it's like she she's just a high schooler she doesn't know what good music is so she thinks that this is just cool uh right right but <laughs> to, to to that effect though I do think that all of the music that we get in this from the bands is actually really good I did enjoy all of the music we got from like the battle of the bands um, but so that was my first rule. And they're they're real nice. they're real
0: bands too. Like they're I, I don't remember any of. Them. I know that Sex Bobomb. The voice in Sex Bomb is Beck. Oh. Like okay. the artist Beck, and it sounds so like that kind of grungy distilled rock sound. I loved mm-hmm. it. I I thought I think Sex bomb sound is super duper cool. I listened to a. Uh, do you know the band Eagles of Death Metal?
1: <laughs> no.
0: I know that's such an obscure thing. They. They they have that they're not a death metal band but they're it's kind of this reference of like it's kind of this mix of like grungy sound and they have the Eagles of death metal whatever that means but they kind of had this distilled sound to them kind of like it, they remind me a lot of Sex Bob-omb, mm-hmm. but anyway I digress uh, that's that's a good one though I like <laughs> he uh, we we kind of don't give knives the credit she deserves like yes she's in high school but she she can't help that she's in high school the poor girl she just is in love with this band and this, this boy, this older boy who is being an idiot. Yeah. So I, I had that.
1: Um, also had, there's not one specific character that does this. Lots of characters do this. So whenever people just like stare with daggers, like there's a lot of, mm. like if looks can kill, there's a lot of those being thrown around in this movie. Uh, obviously Scott Pilgrim is the recipient to most of these. Mm-hmm. And he gets them from, uh, Aubrey Plaza's character a bunch, mm. uh, and also the 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 woman in the band with him. I I'm sorry, I forget her name. The redhead, Kim. Kim. Uh, he gets him from Kim as well. Uh, so whenever somebody is staring daggers at someone else, uh, take a drink. And I think knives does this a couple of times to Ramona, but mm. uh, so yeah. So whenever whenever somebody is just staring daggers at someone, take a drink.
0: And that's on purpose, by the way. They actually the direction that the actors were given was to not blink in, in order to mm. kind of uh, mimic Feel more like a m- kind of mimic the Japanese anime kind of look. Cause, cause it's based oh, on a okay. comic. So this kind of like looking across the room and not blinking. Cause if you blink, it kind of immediately makes you a person as opposed to like a cartoon. Oh, okay. So Interesting. They were told not to
1: blink. I did not catch on to that. Next time I'll look, I'll see if people <laughs> are blinking. uh uh, my third drinking rule is every time scott pilgrim is wearing a shirt that has like a a word on it he wears like a couple shirts in this that just have like one word like sharpie cook sars zero like he's always like wearing some sort of graphic tee but there's like just one specific word on there so i kind of found that funny so whenever he's wearing a shirt with a word on it and also for my fourth drinking rule I had the, the shaggy haircut rule uh-huh. whenever somebody brings up his shaggy hair and he immediately goes, "What? I don't have, I don't, I don't have shaggy hair. <laughs> he puts a hat on <laughs> it's insecurity. He's like, don't, don't look at me. Um, and then for my fifth drinking rule, see, I I have, I'm kind of like stuck which one I want to go with, but, um, you know, it's it. I'll say both of them. Do it. Uh, so, Just do it. So for my, my last two drinking rules, um, I had, whenever we see Ramona on her skates, and she's skating, mm. take a drink. And then also this one, which I just caught myself in the middle of the movie, just going, man, this happens all the time. Whenever somebody just whip, whip, whenever somebody whip opens a door, mm. just so much of people just run up to the door, be like, hello, who's there? You know, it's just, yeah, people are always just whip, whip, whipping open do- Oh my goodness. People are just going through doors in this movie. So. <laughs> yeah yeah so i uh yeah, i had that i was man people were just always doing that
0: i think that's just kind of it's also very comic book to be the you know there's no there's no sitting in a transition in a comic book it's always just you know your the character's hand is on the doorknob maybe you have him turning the doorknob and then the next frame is though and then the door is swung open with kind of the the lines to indicate a door being swung open. Mm. So I, I, that seems I don't I can't confirm this, you know, but I, that seems purposeful to kind of a lot of what they did was to assimilate kind of a comic book or a video game of sorts. But yeah, I those mm. are those are really good, Brooker. I like that. Uh, weirdly enough, we we semi we semi overlapped on a couple. Um, but for the most part, we kind of stayed yeah. separated. I ha- I also had, I had that when Scott Pilgrim puts on or takes off his hat. So, which, which is kind mm-hmm, of in the okay. same vein of his shaggy hair. So if he puts it on take which happens a lot. So take a drink when that happens. Um, this one was kind of staring me in the face. Um, anytime there's a video game reference, um, and you know, use your discretion kind of, I'll, I'll use the the Brooker rule where you can split <laughs> different references up between your friends, where if it's a number above somebody's head, you can assign that to someone. If coins drop, you can Ooh. assign that to somebody. If you know, th- there's a, you know, uh, times two multiplier or whatever. Um, Oh, that's good. And that includes, you know, or maybe you can have someone just anytime you hear a reference, like in, in their, uh, the soundtrack, some sort of video game reference. I don't know. It's putting that up between your friends. I like that. I had whenever Ramona changes her hair color. I believe that only happens three times. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but whenever she changes it's... her hair, that's that's what I would call the, uh, the manic pixie dream girl rule, um, which Ramona mm. Flowers definitely is. If you haven't already yes. listened to our Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind podcast, feel free to check that out that was released uh before this one so check that out um <laughs> last, week. last week was it last week all my weeks are, co- are s- squeezing <laughs> yeah. together no wait no oh no no
1: two weeks ago that's two right, weeks ago of how we yes. record it's confusing. yes two
0: weeks ago it's on we released eternal sunshine of the spotless mind go check that out where i kind of talk over the the archetype of the manic pixie dream girl, if I can call it an archetype, which uh, Ramona Flowers kind of exhibits that. In a sense, it's kind of a different, a different, um, the different side to manic pixie dream girl you have in uh, in Eternal Sunshine. A character Clem, who I'm not going to go into great detail of, but she is a more hyper, excitable, jumping everywhere, interrupting you in conversation, manic pixie dream girl. And then you have Ramona Flowers, who is kind of more of your what you would expect in movies of your kind of manic manic pixie dream girl, the wallflower, the kind of on the edge of the party. Everybody knows she's hot stuff. She's cool. She's popular, but she doesn't like care and she kind of removes herself. She slowly Mm -hmm. kind of leaves the party. She doesn't really interact with people and is kind of looking around, like waiting for someone to interact with her uh scott describes her as fickle impulsive and spontaneous which i feel like is just a an apt description of what that kind of is like fickle impulsive spontaneous just that will go with the flow but the whole idea which i've said i said this a couple weeks ago of the manic pixie dream girl archetype is essentially someone who kind of makes you feel takes the character who doesn't experience life in the same like sees the world as this wonderful beautiful place in their own unique way mm-hmm. and just lives life the way they wanna live because they're living it that way. Um, her her hair color, she skates everywhere. She tends to be alone. When she's skating, you see the snow melt kind of behind her as if she's kind of bringing life to wherever she walks into. There's just this kind of like excitement that surrounds her even if she herself isn't exciting. Um, you mean that doesn't mean she's hot shit? <laughs> <laughs> She is hot shit, she just doesn't think she's hot shit That's the thing And even whenever her uh, well, She just leaves She just leaves after the uh, After Scott Pilgrim fights Lucas Lee Which is the second ex And whenever he ends up finding Scott Pilgrim ends up finding Ramona again He mentions that she just left And she responds with, yeah I do that Like she's just like, yeah I do that sometimes She just, this aloof Wondrous presence. Yeah, it. it's every I mean that's just kind of the what was back in 2010. That's just that was the thing, man. Um so that was again back to drinking rules. I said when Ramona changes her hair. Uh I believe I already said whenever an ex is defeated. And the last one that's this one. is finish your drink whenever Todd ingram who is the the vegan has vegan powers whenever he loses his vegan powers finish your drink <laughs> uh i just that whole scene is uh, you know not to skip ahead to scenes but that whole scene is one of my uh one of my favorite one of my favorite parts brooker uh you know what let's just let's just jump into it before
1: we jump into it i want to ask you Please. something uh was there a specific video game that came to mind that, like, this movie reminded you of? Or did it kind of just seem like a collage of lots of different things?
0: That's a good question. Zelda popped in my mind just from the soundtrack, but did you have one specifically? Yeah,
1: I don't know if you played it. It's, a Xbox, it's an Xbox exclusive, but this game, Sunset Overdrive, <gasps> that's what yeah. this movie felt like to me. That game is a lot of fun, and it's very, like wacky and kind of all over the place like this movie is and th- that's what it felt like to me
0: sunset overdrive i did not th- i've man i haven't touched that game in a while i have
1: yeah i have nothing deeper than that but this <laughs> game felt i mean this movie felt like that game sunset overdrive <laughs> it, just in case people are like wondering what what the feel of this movie is it felt like, it that felt video like game sunset overdrive
0: i that's that's really good i don't know if i could pinpoint just one video game because there's lots of different aspects of video
1: games are kind of just put together right. in this. But yeah, just at least the tone and the feel felt like that game to me.
0: Brooker, would you, uh, kind of on the topic of video games, just because I would be remiss if I didn't didn't talk about it, what would be, if, you, if someone came up to you and would say, like video games that were important to you growing up or were pivotal for you growing up, do you have a list of maybe two or three four or five that you're just like off the top of your head and you know granted you could be forgetting some but off the top of your head that you're like these were pivotal in my my childhood and even in my adult life
1: oh yes um yes definitely uh one that like really sticks out is halo 3 Mm. Uh, because that was just that was like the game that made me want to get an xbox 360 Mm. and I remember I got that for Christmas that year and I just played for years. I played Halo three. I just played the crap mm. out of that game. And i didn't even have Xbox live for like a long time, uh, just because we like didn't have like great internet and didn't have an account set up and all this stuff. But, um, yeah, but like I'll have friends come over. We'll do like the split screen uh team death match all the time and it was just and also that campaign is mm-hmm. great uh so that was one that really stuck out to me and um and nfl street two oh. definitely uh, Oh,
0: dude <laughs> nfl
1: street two and of course uh, and of course the og battlefront like battlefront one like the og battlefront one going on best been playing on black on uh, platforms Look at that! Look at that! <laughs> Levi has it. I got the I got the platform. What's not the platform? The the, the platinum edition case oh, or whatever. Oh bless you. Um, yeah, that w- those those games were especially. I still I, I still thank God they made that Battlefront game backwards compatible on the Xbox oh One, gosh, and I still will boot it up occasionally. Yeah,
0: dude, same. I had a uh that 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 is probably that is my favorite game of all time. Is the original. Battlefront Two, back from what? What is that? Two thousand and five or two thousand and six? That game was just so. I mean, I have played. I've put in more hours into Battlefront Two, the original Battlefront Two, than I have any other game. Um. So that that was. Gosh, I I can't even imagine how many hours I put in. That is by far the most important. Battlefront One, Two, (laughs) just because it was the predecessor, but. Yeah, Battlefront Two, Battlefront One, uh, Crash Bandicoot was a real fun one. That was I played a lot of Crash Bandicoot. Oh uh, yeah, that was a blast. Uh, I played a little bit of NBA Street. I played more, weirdly enough. I'm more of a football guy, but I played more NBA Street. I played NBA NBA Street Volume uh. Two was just an awesome game. Um, the first game that I ever, I mean, if you're a listener, you are very aware of how much Brooker and I just love Star Wars. Yes. The first video game that I ever like waited by the mailbox for <gasps> was the original Lego Star Wars. Nice. Uh, I, Which is just like in my mind, I, I, as a kid, I was like, why didn't I think of this game? That game was just everything I loved as a as a child just mixed together <laughs> into one game. And I was just like, oh my God. Gosh, this game is perfect. Uh, and then since then, I've played every. I mean, I've played just about every Lego video game. Lego, uh, you know, Lego Lord of the Rings, if you haven't played it, which is my other favorite franchise next to Star Wars. Uh, Lego Lord of the Rings is a very, very underrated game. I think that might be the best Lego game they ever made. It was so good. <laughs> but yeah, I played. I played. I did not play as much video games as most people did. Uh, but I. I enjoyed it once I got an Xbox. Like the the original Xbox was my first uh, system, and I loved it. Smash Brothers. I played it at friends' houses. Uh, I met my wife through a game of Smash yeah, I Brothers. To say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's better than I am. She'll, she, man, she can't be touched if she's playing as Pikachu.
1: One game that my girlfriend can she always bests me at is um that uh that DC game in I think it's called Injustice uh
0: injustice yeah she's
1: she's really good at that and she always like she she always kicks my butt in that game she just memorized all of like harley quinn's combos and special moves and that's that's her bread and butter
0: dang dude that's a good game that's a really pretty game yeah my one of my roommates in college was really really good at the uh the platform games and um the fighting games he was he used to do smash bros tournaments was was better than me i could barely beat him rachel could go toe to toe with him but i couldn't i couldn't really keep up um he was really good he, anytime we'd play injustice i'd always he'd let you know joker is weirdly enough joker's kind of a lower tier character in that yeah. game or at least it was and before they uh, uh maybe they put some updates on it. i haven't played it in a hot minute but um he would always play as joker and he would just smash me into the ground <laughs> um but gosh yeah video games are i have a um I had I, I got Battlefront 1 and 2 for my 13th birthday. Um, I was so excited. And um, this was... Uh, was it my 13th birthday? Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, one of my birthdays. Can't remember. But um, I remember... Maybe it was a little bit older than that. But I was so excited. Uh, had a, uh, a house fire at one point. A big house fire later on in life. Lost a bunch of my stuff. Thought I'd lost Battlefront 2... Rachel bought me a new one for uh, my birthday in college, and then it turns out that my cousin had apparently had borrowed my original Battlefront 2 like years ago and never gave it back. And so Uh he had it, got it from him, and now I have two copies of it. (laughs) Which that thing will go for like 40 or 50 bucks on most market. Like that people are really, really want it, but. Mm -hmm. yeah, dude. I, but I, again, I, this is—I could go on and on and on about video games. And I, gosh, it's so—it's so funny um, that, uh, and so sweet that, even amidst our ramblings, we have had a bunch of really, really sweet reviews on on iTunes and what have you for this podcast, including one from uh, uh, this gal loves movies. Um, and uh, I, I believe this gal loves movies is also a part of a, a podcast called 80s movies montage so for sure check check them out she gave us the sweetest review I won't read it I won't I don't want to embarrass her but <laughs> it is it she they she said that we absolutely made her another podcast fan she she really enjoys how much that we genuinely love movies so we appreciate you this this gal loves movies and if uh, just as an uh, incentive to all of you out there who are listening and are like man Brooker and lever are really fun they, are they really are they actual friends do they actually hang out do they really love movies as much the answer is yes and if you want to also get shouted out for your reviews give us a give us a little review on iTunes that's the that's the easiest way we can find you and we'll give you a shout out if you do that uh, any any other thoughts on video games, Brooker? Before we jump into scenes.
1: No, man. I'm ready to to, to dissect this movie. I, I, I really kind of want. I know that you've already done a lot of talking, but I kind of want to hear some of like <laughs> what what really stuck out to you. What scenes really stuck out to you in this movie? I'm I'm kind of just anxious to to hear Levi's takes.
0: <laughs> well, obviously the the video game slash comic book kind of themes to the movie mm-hmm. are a big uh, a big part of it, and what make this this movie so magical. Uh, the, uh, the <laughs> Scott's roommate Wallace He's he hilarious He is just the funniest Character He is just so funny I think that he's probably my favorite character In the movie That anything with him in it Just giving banter up in the stands But also kind of ex- Exhibiting this level of like I don't want to be I, Scott you need to get out I want you out But even in those dark moments, he's still kind of there to back Scott up, which is super sweet. He's just a fun character. Again, I haven't read, for those of you who are big Scott Pilgrim comic book fans, I have to admit I have never read the comic book. I've heard it is good uh, and that I should check it out. I might need to do that eventually, but I don't know what Wallace is in the comics, but in the movie, at least, he is hilarious. Oh yeah. Um, I I looked up the uh, so all the evil X's are, are 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 fun fights. Um, especially my favorite is the uh, the fight against uh, Todd Ingham who is the the vegan. That is mm-hmm. by far in my opinion the best fight. Um, and you kind of see the slow the slow kind of progression, obviously in like kind of difficulty as far as fighting goes. And you see Scott Pilgrim kind of losing less and less, kind of losing his ability to keep up with these exes because they kind of increase in power. And they increase in uh, in the amount of money. I looked this up, apparently, it, or not apparently, the comic book does say how much each one, uh, how much money each one gave out, or at least for the most part. So Matthew mm-hmm. Patel was the first one. He They say this in the movie, was, I think it was $2.10 is what it was in the comics at least. Because Scott huh. remarks, this isn't even enough for the bus, so he can't even use it for a bus fare. $2.10. Lucas Lee, uh, played by our very own uh, Captain America, uh, <laughs> who, Chris <laughs> Evans, who is just, I mean, of all the, the people to just jump in in a movie like this, it was so funny. I was going to say, Chris Evans, his character
1: had the, it was the best intro for me. I thought it was so funny because they play that Universal theme music that plays before a Universal movie. The da 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 ba, da da, uh-huh. da. And I was, I was like crying, laughing. I thought it was hysterical.
0: He's so goofy, and apparently, he, it's so funny to see him. Kind of the the roles that I'd known him up to this point were this, and he played the Human Torch in fan, the original oh, yeah. Fantastic Four. And he plays a douchebag in both of them. And you come to find out that he's like this sweetheart of a guy in real life. You're like, oh, that's kind of fun. Kind of halfway between Captain America and the Human Torch somewhere in there. Uh, But he, whenever Lucas Lee was his name, he uh, dropped $14 in change. And in the comic books, he dropped a Mithril Skateboard. Uh, Brooker, do you you recognize that the the material Mithril? Do you recognize that? No, I don't. So it's the... uh... (laughs) I'll try not to turn out too hard. That's a Lord of the Rings (laughs) reference. Uh, It's in uh, Frodo. Actually, Bilbo gets it first. That's his reward whenever he goes, uh, adventures to the Lonely Mountain with the dwarves and the hobbit. One of his treasures that he gets from uh, the dwarves is this Mithril vest, which is impenetrable in essence, mm-hmm. uh, and it was uh, passed down to Frodo, and Frodo wears it in The Lord of the Rings, and it saves him many times. He's stabbed by a troll, he's st- and he just he, he makes it out. So he gets a mithril skateboard, but apparently in the comic he doesn't use it because he doesn't have like the power-up to use a skateboard, which is kind of funny. He doesn't have balance. Ta- yeah, I guess so. I he hasn't unlocked was,
1: balance yet.
0: It was some stat, I can't remember. It was something like that, honestly, but... Uh, Todd Ingham they didn't say how much money there. there's an unknown amount of money but he does get an extra life so that's the okay. uh, that, that's the kind of the big moment funny enough so Rock, uh, Roxy uh, Richter who is the the uh, the <laughs> the ex that uh, when Ramona went through her quote unquote sexy phase uh, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she there is no money apparently she doesn't give money when she explodes she explodes into like a bunch of woodland creatures like little little animals apparently it's an homage to the or it, it's an homage to the sonic franchise all the little woodland mm-hmm. creatures you kind of have to re- rescue and that is actually when in the comic books that Scott Pilgrim gets the power of love the sword that comes out of his chest and he can defeat her that way because uh, rock. Roxy mentions that he's he's uh being a uh be kind of essentially being a coward for not taking his relationship seriously and quote unquote being a man or you know whatever that means and uh so he uses the l word I think he actually says love he I don't think he says lesbian but <laughs> who knows and she he gets the power of love then he fights Kyle and Ken the twins for kyle he gets 79.95 and for ken he gets 74.95 don't know why kyle has more money than ken and he gets a two dollar bonus because he beat them both <laughs> and then he fights i know i'm rambling but this is so important uh then he fights he doesn't fight gideon he fights nega scott next mm-hmm. his alter ego here's evil version or whatever And when he defeats Negascott, he gets the courage to fight Gideon. And then he fights Gideon. And Gideon, he's awarded with $7,777,777. And then he wins Ramona Flowers. Uh, But in the movie, he wins, I think it's just $7 million. That long explanation aside, Todd Ingham was my favorite part just because the whole vegan theme was so funny. Like like you said, it's like basically yes. it makes you better than everybody else. It's yeah,
1: just, yeah, no so the the whole uh, vegan police thing was was hilarious, and one w- one of my favorite uh, fight scenes too because uh, Todd was he he was a pretty powerful adversary, and I thought that this was also kind of funny because the actor that was playing him was also Superman in Superman Returns, so it was I don't know kind of interesting for me to see the him as like another superhero with like lots of powers in this but it's all because he's vegan
0: oh my gosh i just now realized that that's crazy
1: <laughs> my girlfriend pointed out to me because she just she just like knows every actor's face and is able to just like <laughs> she she just point them out like that but uh this fight was so funny and what i also really liked was the so like one of my rules was drink every time Scott is wearing a shirt that has a word on it and during mm-hmm. this fight his word shirt is 0 and mm-hmm. he's playing against Todd who's the third ex boyfriend and he has a, a number 3 just like big on his chest mm-hmm. so it was it was kind of interesting seeing like 0 and 3 battle um and then of course you know we see just how the the vegan police come and we see just how much of a dingus he is cuz he doesn't He's like, "What chickens vegan?" Yeah. It was gelato <laughs> was vegan. It was They're really That's eggs, bitch. <laughs> it it was it was really good. It's one of the funniest jokes out of this, and also it's being tongue in cheek and kind of making fun of you know that whole meme of people who are vegan can't stop talking about it. Uh, also, want to shout out to um, we we want to make sure that we're doing things that people want, and so I went on Twitter and. Ask people to, you know, hey, these are the movies we're doing. If you have a, if you want to, you can you can request a scene, and we'll be sure to shout you out. And this scene was actually requested for us to talk about, so I'm glad that we're doing it. It was requested by Sin and Scream podcast. Mm. Uh, lots of other podcasters follow us and listen to us. So Sin and Scream, and that's Sin C I N uh, podcast. They're a horror movie podcast, but yeah. So this this was very funny, and obviously something that a lot of people like.
0: Yeah, that that might be as far as just a singular scene might be the best scene in the movie. It's just so iconic and so specific and mm-hmm. what makes this movie so much fun. Uh that whole vegan police, it's so funny. Also anything in the apartment, Scott or not Scott, I guess it's uh I guess it's technically Wallace's apartment. But anything in Wallace's apartment with Scott is so funny. He's sitting there on the computer and he goes, I got an email. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm reading it that's great and then he's sitting in front of the in front of the door waiting for the package to get there he's just so stupid and poor wallace is just put and also that every time they go to sleep and wake up there's like another dude in their bed and there keeps being more and more people that wallace is bringing home it's just so funny uh,
1: my i think my favorite bit in the apartment was the whole seinfeld thing because it yeah really caught me off guard i was like Wait, what? It's Seinfeld, a video game? I don't know about it. <laughs> it was, it was so funny, especially when he's like, "I got the second base last night." Well, more like one and a half, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Ha!"
0: Ah. Oh my gosh! Yep, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was, no, it was. I was just like, "What is happening?" <laughs> oh my gosh! But all of those scenes are, um, all of the X's are really good. Uh, the fight with Gideon, the fact that he, uh, which we'll dig into the meaning between the two swords. Uh, the, (laughs) I did the voice at the beginning that, uh, Scott Pilgrim, uh, earns the power of love or whatever that is. Uh, that actually all the voiceover in this movie is voiced by Bill Hader, the SNL, SNL grad. Love Bill Hader. Which if you, if you listen, you don't notice it when you watch it, but if you go back and just look up like Scott Pilgrim earns the power of self-respect or whatever and listen and you're like, that is Bill Hader. That's crazy. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. I have to. Bill Hader's so good. Well,
1: I also, we're jumping around so much, but this movie jumps around so much. It so does. It does. It, it
0: fits <laughs> with the times.
1: I loved everything with Aubrey Plaza. She was so funny yes! in this movie. She was like one of the best parts. Yes. Oh my God. Especially like when, when he goes <laughs> to the, to the coffee house and he orders some stuff and she's taking his order. She's just cursing him out the whole time. It's, oh and he's like how so are you doing great. that with and, your mouth yeah <laughs> and also just the like i said at the beginning of this the production value of this movie is so great and it holds yep. up and i just love when like they really show this with with uh, aubrey plaza cuz whenever she's kind of talking to him one you know the whole mouth thing but also she's like stay away from ramona she doesn't need to be bothered by you blah 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 mm-hmm. and all like the lights come down and it's just her and it's real intense. And then as soon as like we snap out of it and the lights come back on and we can see the room again, it's, it it was good. I just, I just loved how (laughs) intense they made her character.
0: Right. And she plays in everything she does. She kind of has that stare you down from across the room. Like I hate you kind of character and like everything she does. It's great. So seeing her, that is another, (laughs) you know, another thing where you're just like, Oh my gosh, this is like, the random people pop up and you're like, I know who that is, especially on this side of 2010 to be like, I know these people. Uh, did you, uh, <laughs> Brie Larson, who plays um, Captain Marvel in Captain Marvel, played uh, Scott oh. Pilgrim's ex-girlfriend in uh, the band, the, the The band that where she was dating uh, the third ex. Wasn't it Envy. Yes, Envy Adams. That's exactly right. Um, which I didn't catch until Rachel pointed out. I was like, is that, is that Brie Larson? I was like, holy crap. She's like a huge star now. I did not catch
1: that. The one that like stuck out to me, which is on a way smaller scale, was uh, uh, Nelson Franklin. Uh, he's the actor that played uh, uh, C- Camus. Is that his name? The guy who hosted the party.
0: <gasps> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in. What's his name? Uh, you or com Kam- how do you say his name? Uh the the character or the actor? It's the the character. Yeah, I don't know it's yeah. Kami I can't remember. I remember him being 25. Yes. <laughs> yes. The guy well, who knows everyone. He
1: like stuck out to me because I was like, oh, that's the IT guy, Nick, from The Office.
0: <laughs> also, also right. Robbie from uh, New Girl. He plays Cece's boyfriend. Oh, yeah, that's right. That whole scene was so funny. That set the tone so well whenever Scott Pilgrim walks up and goes, just holds up a horrific scribbling of just permanent markers. Like, have you seen a girl with this hair? And he's like, yeah, that's Ramona Flowers. And just knows it. Yeah. <laughs> It's the dumbest thing, but they don't even stop to this movie. is so good. They don't even stop to like really sit in it. It's just like, go, 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 go. Yeah. Like you said, next scene, hit a, hit a, yeah. hit a, it's almost
1: like something that it's almost something like Tina Fey wrote or something. Yeah. Cause you know, like in mean girls, like mean girls doesn't give you enough time to really breathe and take in the jokes. It's just, and same thing with her show. 30 rock. It's just, yes, rapid.
0: that's exactly right. 30 rock is a lot like that. Oh, that Rachel be so happy. You mentioned that. Um, <laughs> any other scenes uh before we jump into uh i've got a i've got a question i've been kind of holding hold uh, keeping in the chamber
1: i mean i just i really appreciate the humor that's in this uh i, I guess i i don't have a specific scene i just really appreciate mm-hmm. like i said the production value the humor that's in this all the jokes land pretty yeah. well um but uh it, all all of the fight scenes were really good and really funny i liked all of those and i also liked whenever we had the bands playing just because the music was good yeah but, yeah we, we really cut kind of, not too much like not too many specific scenes for me to like really dissect out um but yeah it was all of it was really yeah great. the
0: music was really really good and like i said earlier how they kind of the lighting and the scene changes what that kind of role with the music like even the um we were talking about whenever the, uh, Scott was about to fight Todd Ingham, and they're playing that song, and whenever it would the, – the part in the song where it would go ba-da-ba-ba-ba-boom-bamp, and she kind of comes back in, and it would flash between Scott and him, Scott and him, and then him and Ramona, him and Ramona, and the lights flashing and the kind of the fade in of dark and fade back out. It was just – it was really good, the, the screen the direction of the film yeah. as a whole – was really really good the story was quick obviously trying to cram a ton of information into one movie but it was so much fun Um, the question that I had for you Brooker that I this is one I was really excited about so Mm -hmm. we see at the end this is the very end of the movie Scott beats Gideon with the power of self respect and with his samurai sword takes him out he blows up and then he says, "You know, you can like hear through his glasses. He hears this whisper: 's like you'll never def- defeat me. If you first have to defeat yourself, or whatever." And uh Negas so- mm. Nega Scott, walks behind him, and he's this red-eyed, gray version of Scott. And you see Ramona and Knives kind of get beside him, ready to fight. And Scott's like, "No, I have to face him alone." And then it cuts to the to Ramona and Knives outside waiting, and the garage door opens, and <laughs> Scott walks out with Nega Scott, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. And they're like buddies, and they're like, how'd it go? And he was like, oh, yeah, he's a super nice guy. I'll, I'll, yeah, we're getting coffee later or whatever. What do you make of that scene? I, I, and maybe I'm thinking way too much into it, but I saw that as – I don't know if, if, that, if that had any bigger meaning to you or you thought that that was just a kind of a, a funny joke of, like, the final challenge and it's nothing. I don't know. Just uh, there's something about here I'll just tell you what I'm thinking and then I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. There's something about the fact that you like you talked about how Scott Pilgrim is a douchebag. Mm-hmm. He's kind of this like whiny scum who is like who has good intentions, I think. He just he just wants to be like, in, in a relationship, I guess, and be in this band or whatever. Like, I guess everybody has good intentions, but he is a whiny blanket and has no problem kind of hurting other people in order to just kind of get what he wants in the moment. So, he's a douchebag. And at the end, he faces the alternate version of himself. And the alternate version of himself is a really sweet guy. Oh, interesting. And. And that immediately makes me think either that he's so middle of the road that Negus Scott is in the middle of the road or that Negus Scott, the opposite of himself, is this really kind-hearted, sweet guy that just wants to be friends because Scott is so selfish and so secretly just dark and evil or what have you that the opposite of himself is this nice guy. At least that's what I thought of it. I thought it was weird that, the this evil version was so kind and so sweet. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it's, it's hard to say. So, kind of like refresh my memory real quick. At does he apologize to Knives at the end of this?
0: He he confesses. He you know when when Ramona and Knives are fighting, he confesses. That He cheated because there's the moment where before he gets stabbed the first time where he like jumps in the middle and he's like, no, I cheated on. I was like, knives. I, I cheated on you, but I didn't technically cheat on you, Ramona." He's kind of like flaky, kind of like, I don't know. And then yeah. he jumps in right away and, and he tells Ramona Ramona. I cheated on you knives. I also cheated on you. Uh, and then he kind of looks over at his, his band and it's like, I'm so sorry, everybody. Young, young Neil, you are now Neil. Kim, I'm so sorry that I hurt you or whatever. And so he he kind of admits fault essentially. He kind of stands kind of stands in the spotlight and says instead of kind of running to the bathroom or refusing to confront anything, he says, "Yes, I have done all of these wrong things. It's all in the open now." Okay. I guess that's something
1: I I I like Honestly, I didn't really know. I kind of just in, at face value. I just took it as, oh, this is just a joke. Like he was able to talk to himself, right. and of course he likes himself. So why? <laughs> I mean, like why 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 would he still be fighting with him? Um, sure. So I sure. I just took it at face value. Eh, this is just a funny joke. Um, you know that he likes himself. So, but I like your take a lot more. That actually his anti. Scott Pilgrim is a nice guy. So of course, so he, it was just a lot easier for him to get along with him. Mm. But uh, that's, that's interesting. So yeah, so th- that's about as much thought as I put into that. Uh, but huh. I, I guess you could also look at it as maybe, maybe he's not the opposite of current Scott Pilgrim. Maybe he is just literally just all, everything that's bad about him personified into one being because
0: like mm. Scott
1: Pilgrim I mean there's still good in there's, there's still like good things about him you know he's not sure. just he's not a dirty rotten person um, sure. and so this nega Scott is literally just only the bad things that are, are about him so maybe him just kind of maybe that is his maybe this is him looking at himself in the mirror um and we just don't really get that. It, it just happens off camera. We just see that he's able to recognize his wrongdoings. And he's like, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. Uh, we, mm. it, we talked it out. It just happened off camera. Don't worry about it. So, um, mm. but yeah. So uh, now that you're making me think about it, I, I, I like that a little <laughs> bit more, but at first I just took it at face value. Like, Oh, this is just a silly joke.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, and I, I go back and forth. He, him receiving the power of self-respect kind of makes me think that he isn't as cruel now as he was, but I don't know. That's something I really haven't kind of come to a consensus over. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the ending? So he, he walks away from Knives, and he goes with Ramona. What did you think about it? So... Okay, so
1: I'll, I'm kind of going to, like, wrap this into what my message of the movie is, too. Uh, so, I didn't... I just don't get what this movie's trying to say. <laughs> because, <laughs> because like, like we talked about at the beginning of this episode, he's not a great guy. And I felt like that we, even though we kind of just talked about how it's possible that he sees his wrongdoings and is able to have self-respect for himself. And maybe he, I maybe he identifies all these things and that he should have some sort of, he should feel some sort of guilt about it. I don't know, Mm. but if it does, it happens all off camera and we're just kind of left to assume. And the thing is that we see a 22 year old is dating a high schooler and he kind of brags about it. And then he also Mm. cheats on this girlfriend with Ramona and he's fighting all of her ex boyfriends to be with her, and he hasn't really, in my opinion, he hasn't really done anything to earn Ramona's respect or mm. want. I always, I was always kind of lost on why does Ramona want to be with this guy? Because right, he orders something off Amazon or whatever just to have her deliver it. They didn't really have a meet cute thing. She just was like, yeah, whatever. And to me, it was kind of just like, she's just coming to him hand and fist, and it's like he expects women to just come to him for some reason. I don't know. And we don't really see him face his consequences too much, because he's facing other men that Ramona has dated, but he doesn't... I mean, he faces Scott, but it happens off camera, and we don't really get what any sort of resolution that he came to, besides that's a cool guy. But who is the cool guy? The cool guy that dates high schoolers or the cool guy that doesn't need to have a high schooler as a rebound? I, I, right. I, I, I was kind of lost on that. So at the end of the day, we still see that he wins the girl. And so I was mm-hmm. kind of lost on what was the actual message of this. And yeah. again, I give this movie credit because the rest of the supporting cast and his friends do call him a piece of shit throughout the movie. Yeah, but at the same time, they wrote him to be the hero. With at least it wasn't obvious to me that he was regretful for the things that he did. It wasn't obvious to me, so right. I'm kind of lost at like what the actual message of this movie is, because uh, right. I just felt like he didn't really meet any sort of consequences for his actions.
0: Yeah, or uh, you say write him as the hero. Is he writing this story? So is he writing himself as the hero? Like, there's no kind of specific author, the only people that person we hear is kind of Bill Hayter's voice in the sky at some sometimes. Is he the center of his own story or is there someone else writing it? Um
1: I don't know. That's a good question. Um I just assume since there's our narrator that there's I don't know yeah. somebody doing this. But I guess I mean it would make sense why this is like a video game. Cause we're like in his head the whole time. And this right. is just how he sees it or how he perceives his world. And it's not actually real reality, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah I was just kind of, and I might sound hypocritical. Cause like we've done movies like uh, wedding crashers. And I thought that movie is hilarious, but I yeah, mean, at the same right, time, at yeah. least, at least in that movie, Owen Wilson gets his, uh, he gets what he deserves in that movie. And he faces, his wrongdoings it and it comes to some sort of resolution about it. But I feel like that doesn't happen in this movie. And that's mm-hmm. where like, I'm really stuck on.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think referring to Scott Pilgrim as the hero, which I probably have been doing, um, is probably not fair to hero. Protagonist is probably a better word for it just because he's not a hero. He's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, and, and I'm in the original script uh scott pilgrim was not supposed to go with ramona flowers after all this journey he was supposed to end up with knives and so they have written two endings i don't know i don't know what it's supposed to be in the comics i i I can't remember what that is but they have written two endings and if you get the dvd you can see both endings Um, like you can choose which ending you want to watch um and it's either that he ends up with knives and chooses knives because she's kind of stuck by him or whatever, or he goes Mm -hmm. with Ramona and they ended up for the main viewing, they ended up going with the Ramona ending because it felt dis, you know, uh, you know, dissatisfying for him to be with anybody other than the person he's literally been fighting for, for the whole movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, uh, Rachel and I will talk about it. it's like which one and you know she for a while was like oh yeah I don't think he should end up with Ramona because he's terrible like he sh- should end up with knives and he should fix that situation first but at the end of it we watched it together recently she was like you know what I changed my mind he should end up with nobody <laughs> because yeah both of, right both of these girls are too good for him Ramona has been through a lot I mean, that's what Ramona said too is she said you know Scott was like what how do I know that I'm not around for like I'm only going to be around for a little bit. You're going to dump me. And Ramona says, you're just what I need right now. Like, you're the kind of person I need right now. And Scott's like, right now? What does that mean? What about later? So they're, you know, she... they, All of these people are just kind of making poor choices. But I think Ramona just... I don't know what he really sees in Scott other than the fact that he's not an insane, vengeful, like, I-have-to-beat-everybody-up kind of person. Like, uh, he punched a hole in the moon for me. Like, Scott's not going to do that. They literally sat there on the floor and ate garlic bread, and he (laughs) played her a half-written song, and she just kind of wants that in that moment. And poor Knives is in high school, which is reason enough not to date Scott Pilgrim. But she's also a sweet girl that has good intentions and and is also in high school. Uh so yeah, I think I think the conclusion I would agree that he really shouldn't end up with anybody, but mm-hmm. it's funny that even when they're making this movie they couldn't decide what the ending was supposed to be.
1: I think it would have been better if
0: cuz like man, I think it would have been better. <laughs> I can feel you if... stressed about this. <laughs>
1: Like it's because I'm trying to because like I'm like because this is a very popular movie and right. I'm kind of just like am I missing something or like yeah. but because I mean like literally like, I'm I'm just stuck on his on this like if it wasn't that he was dating a high schooler I would probably be way more forgiving of this movie sure but I'm kind of stuck on that yeah and also just the way that he doesn't he doesn't seem to have too much character growth in this yeah. um but. I think what would have really helped this movie is if each each ex-boyfriend that he defeated represented some sort of flaw in himself. Right. He had to use, you know, that whatever it is to overcome it. And I'm trying to think right now, did any of those boyfriends represent anything like that? Because, like, if I were to describe Scott Pilgrim, I kind of see him as selfish – but, just like I feel like there's no lights on up there. Like I feel like he's right. just like, he's just like yeah, yeah. I, I need food. I'm going to eat. I'm going on the floor. I don't need a table. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going to go do this. Like oh, I had this girl. I dreamt about this girl I never met before. I'm going to try to find her. Like I feel like he's not a complex person. He has no yeah opinions or no original ideas or thoughts. So there's no like specific conflict in him to fix. Besides, he just needs to treat people better.
0: Right. That desert might be a representation like, I f- I of his I feel like he has no ambitions
1: like, or goals.
0: Yeah. I'm, th- I'm, I'm imagining this, the moment that he dies, or those times that you kind of see him in his subconscious, and it's literally a desert with one pine tree. And then every once in a while, mm-hmm. Ramona Flowers will skate by. I figure that's what it is, where he is, j- or I say pine tree, I meant cactus. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's the state of my brain right now, everybody. Uh, a cactus cacti Uh, and uh ramona skates through and he's just like oh and and that's who he's fixated on is that one person who just kind of skated through his subconscious at one point um yeah there's really no it's hard to kind of make a conclusion on on scott pilgrim um you uh before we kind of jump into more of the meaning or at least what I kind of think the meaning is, and for you to, I would you know con- to continue with your thought. Obviously, a couple other fun facts I had. Um, apparently, there were you know there were a couple of moments that I noticed that uh, there was a zoom in on people's feet multiple times, and I wondered why that was. If that if I felt deliberate, and it was, it was a zoom in. Uh, it was a, rather it was a kind of a, a call out, an homage to Quentin Tarantino, who is. Pretty well known for kind of having that foot fetish, uh, always having those <laughs> shots of feet on dashboards or whatever. Um, and yeah. uh, Ramona's phone number, okay, which I wrote it down. It was 212-664-7665. Uh, in most movies, you see a f- kind of a 555 prefix to make it a yeah. you know a, no- a nobody's number so that you can't like call it and it be someone's actual number. In order it's f- a movie number. Right, exactly. The movie number five five five. In order for it to feel like a real number, Universal Studios actually bought that number. So that's a real phone number that they own that they use in their movies. It's been in a bunch of other different movies that I did not <laughs> write down. But it, that's awesome. They use that for like their quintessential kind of like phone number. Okay. You kind of already touched on the meaning a little bit, Brooker. Here's where I got, I kind of had to flex my muscles a little bit. What is your interpretation? This is my interpretation. Well, first of all, I think this is a video game and there really isn't a lot of interpretation to take from it. But if I had to take something, it would be that (laughs) you have to have respect for yourself before you start looking for love. Because another person can't bring like you you shouldn't try to find happiness or completion or or purpose in another person like you should have find be able to have self-respect for yourself you know it's not like I love how the power of love is the first one it's like I love her and so that's good enough reason be like no like you know first of all you know and this is just golly this is a big old soapbox of mine when someone says like I'm doing it for love like personally i don't think love is a feeling i think love is an action i think if you love someone it's a it's love isn't like something that you feel like oh i love them no love is like you're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that they have what's best for them love is like i'm talking about like sacrificial love like the action of Mm -hmm. putting somebody above yourself that's love so he, you know, he, he's like, Scott Pilgrim, that's like the cheesy movie version of love. But he said, like, he has respect and honor and will hold himself in, in a valuable place. And even after all that, when Knives says, your hair's getting shaggy, he puts his hat on. Like, he's still, he's still this kind of wimpy, cowardly, you know, zero confidence kiddo. But I, I think if yeah. I had to love love of another love from another per- person shouldn't completely you shouldn't put your self worth or your value in whether or not somebody else likes you. Right, and I think that's what uh, that's a really good
1: point, and I think that's something that that honestly could be what this movie is trying to do. But this movie really should have started with the breakup between him and Envy, because that's where I felt like him as a person may have broken and then that's why that let that's what led scott pilgrim the person to be dating a high schooler Mm -hmm. at the age of 22. so if this movie if we saw just like the quick fall of scott pilgrim at the beginning and then i mean not that it'll be understandable that he's dating a 17 year old but it would be kind of like okay we're seeing we're seeing him go through it or whatever. I don't know, but we'll, we would at least see something. Mm. We'll see like, this is a reaction to him just being crushed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But in the end, I think this is just one of those fun movies. Um, If you, you should not look at Scott Pilgrim as a hero or a role model. He's, He's kind of trash at that. But he is hilarious and he's very fun. It's he's funny he's just the ragdoll character. You love to watch him just get beat up. <laughs> it's it's just like it's just a yeah. poor ride where you kind of are find enjoyment in his pain a little bit, but um but that's just I mean, again, it was it was very, very funny. As always, the question has to be asked Brooker, does this movie need, deserve, require in any sort of capacity, a sequel. I think originally I was going to say no, mm. but
1: after you and I have kind of talked, I think that I, 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 I'm I going to say yes, actually. Oh, let's, wow. Let's, let's see if we can wrap this character up. Let's see, <laughs> let's see if we can just see how he's doing and maybe see if his growth has continued. Mm. Um, I mean, because, I mean, this movie was hilarious. I mean, it was really funny, and I think it would be kind of cool, maybe, that this should really be kind of like a trilogy. Like, here, we see Scott Pilgrim at square one. That's not a great person. The second movie, we could kind of see him start to develop more and learn from his lessons. And then the third movie, we see him kind of come to completion, and he's... Phrasing? Uh, (laughs) We see him...
0: (laughs) (laughs) whoops oh gross
1: (laughs) we see him uh you know what because of that no sequel no no this movie's good i'm just kidding uh in the third movie we see him (laughs) we see like uh scott pilgrim prime and he's at the he's at his full potential Mm -hmm. as the person that he can be and we see him doing good and being good Mm. And, and he's learned so much because I feel like in the, like I said like a hundred times I felt like he hasn't learned a thing at the end of this movie mm. but that's just me
0: no for me <laughs> <laughs> I I listen it's I, I like your idea and that's the thing with this I mean I think you could have split this movie into two or three movies uh, just with all of the source material that they have on it I don't know how many books they have but I know it's more than one you probably could have done more than one movie. But they squished it all together. It's a decent film. I think it's fine the way it is. I don't really need to see Scott Pilgrim kind of have this moment like, oh, now he's a good guy. Like, he's 22 years old and he's an idiot, you know, and he falls in love with this mysterious girl. Point. And this mysterious girl is like, eh, what, you know, they're both like, they're both young and they are, you know, barely out of college and what have you. So I'm going to say no. I'm gonna say no I think Scott Pilgrim is a, is a one and done kind of person any final thoughts Brooker what are your what would you like to, to leave uh, leave this podcast with on this movie
1: it's very funny and it's well done well produced the visual effects are great um, I'm just I'm just hung up on the on the thing I've been talking about all the podcast mm. so can I recommend it I don't know I mean <laughs> if you're wanting like a good laugh and you don't want to really think too much about it Mm. sure
0: yeah i would i this is such a fun ride for me it's not you know it's not something that i think you should walk away with and be like ah this is how i should live my life no but it is a very fun movie and i really enjoyed it it's visually very very beautiful very very fun to look at and it definitely holds up over the past 10 years and i will be seeing it in theaters i can almost guarantee that (laughs) uh well if you're still with us, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if this is your first time, we appreciate you uh, stopping by. Feel free to share us with a friend, a family member, an ex, a new girlfriend, someone who might own a club that is putting together a league of exes. Whatever you want. Ex-boyfriends. Ex-boyfriends. You yeah, yeah. Exes. That's, yeah, Ramona specifically keeps correcting exes because then we find out that he's she also has an ex-girlfriend. So, Whatever, what, whatever, uh, whoever your exes are, feel free to share this podcast. We greatly appreciate it. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, essentially anywhere you can find podcasts. We're there. Uh, feel free to uh, contact us uh, via email at fotrpodcastgmail.com. At we're on Twitter and Instagram, pretty active there and get excited because next week we are going to be looking at Disturbia starring Shia LaBeouf. Disturbia! Dun, 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 dun. Disturbia. Dun, 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 dun. Very excited about that. <laughs> this will be my first time seeing it. Brooker is really pumped to host this one, so please, y'all, come back. Give us a listen. But until then, find the power of self-respect. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys.